Welcome to the Horizon Church Podcast. God is doing incredible things in Tampa. Learn more about us at horizontampabay.com. We hope you find today's message inspiring and encouraging. Let's dive in. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon. And I just want to start this morning by saying thank you to each and every one of you who are here this morning. Thank you for spending your Sunday um, morning here with us. I also want to take just a moment. Yesterday, we were able to have a booth at the Trick or Treat um, festival thing downtown on the river. And there were a couple people um, who showed up and passed out candy for like literally four straight hours. And so I just want to take a moment. Sean is back there and he got up this morning and is running Pro Presenter for us and helped us set up all the hospitality stuff. So he's back there in the back at the computer. Chris, David Allen was there helping us. Jana Tanner and her husband came and helped. And so I just want to thank those of you who were part of Shining Light and Igniting Change, um, being a part of a community event yesterday for Halloween. So thank you, thank you, thank you to those who who helped with that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This morning we are going to continue our our series um, in order and we're going to talk about um, something that I've actually um, struggled with some in my own life. We're going to talk about mental health and in what ways God cares about our mind and making sure that the things in our lives are in order with our mental health. It's something that God cares about. It's not something we often talk about in churches, but at Horizon, we want it to be something that we do talk about. My junior year in college, I went to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, who happened to beat Duke University in football yesterday. Um, I may be married to a Duke fan, so that is a significant thing that happened um, yesterday. Go Tar Heels. Um, Anyway, um, I loved UNC Chapel Hill. I loved my experience there. But I went to school there from um, a high school that graduated 98 people, a very rural, small community. And so transitioning from Sandy Ridge, North Carolina, to a big state university was a really difficult transition for me. Um, by the third year, by my third year, my junior year there, I remember being like overwhelmed. I had just been putting out in the classroom, um, trying to be a part of volunteer and civic organizations. I was just like overwhelmed by doing all of this stuff. And my junior year, I was going to have to start declaring a major and figuring out what the next season of my life would look like. And I became just completely overwhelmed with this fear that I was going to fail out of college, that I was going to fail at everything in life. And I, it was just absolutely overwhelming. I remember one night, in the middle of the night, I could not sleep. I brushed my teeth. I drank water. I wrote. I was pacing the hallway in my college apartment. I could not escape the fear and the anxiety that I was experiencing. And so I went and got in my car at 2 o'clock in the morning and I just started driving. I just had to escape the, the sort of opposite of the peace that I was experiencing. I just thought maybe in some way the dark car ride could give me some kind of peace. And I'm driving, driving, driving through Chapel Hill and it, it dawned on me something's not right. Something is not okay. So I picked my phone up my cell phone up, and I called my sister, who was a freshman at East Carolina University. It's about an hour and a half away. And I said, Rebecca, I have never been so scared in my life. I don't know how I can even face tomorrow. I can't calm down. And my sister said, Erica, I think something's wrong. I I love you. I, I want the best for you, but I think you might need to get some help. 
And I said, I'm not getting any help. And Rebecca said, why don't I come in the morning and me and you can walk to the counseling center at Carolina. We can walk in together. And I said, I'm not walking in that place and being judged by those people. I'm not doing that. And there was a minute of silence. And my sister, who was probably annoyed that she was up at 2.15 in the morning talking to me on the phone, said, well, how's that working out for you? <laughs> and if you know my sister, um, that is a very normal thing <laughs> for her to say. I, I, I called her for a reason. But there was some silence on the phone for a minute. And I said, okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to walk into the counseling center tomorrow, and I'm going to ask for help. But if they judge me, I'm walking out. And Rebecca said, you absolutely, you better walk out if they judge you. Um, but then as we got off the phone, it was, it was a long pause again because I was scared, and I realized I needed to go, actually go back to my apartment and get some sleep. And Rebecca almost whispered this last line. She said, I love you, Erica, and I just want you to be healthy. It was almost like a whisper on the phone. And so I went home. I crawled in the bed. I, did, I still didn't sleep well. But she called me the next morning at 730, and she said, where are you headed? I said, I'm headed in to the counseling center. And I drug my groggy, exhausted self in and said, I think I need some help to the counseling center. And it began a journey for me to find healing and health and hope and wholeness in the midst of anxiety. We discovered that I was um, struggling with anxiety. And it, I'll be really honest with you, it's something that I continue to struggle with. It came up and felt, felt like it was just overwhelming me again in grad school, again when I started a new church in Nashville. It creeped in again when I had two children. It creeped in again a couple months ago when we were about a year into starting Horizon. It's not something that has gone away, but it's something that I've realized God actually cares about with me. I've spent a lot of my life, right, thought, thinking about how much God cares about the community and how much God cares about justice, how much God cares about people who are hungry and homeless. And it has become really apparent to me in the last 10 years that God also cares about us and our mental health. And so that's why here at Horizon, we're not going to live in darkness and shame about that. We're not going to pretend like it doesn't exist. We're not going to sweep it under a rug and never talk about it. It's something that God cares about. God cares about your body. God cares about our community. God cares about the kids in our schools. He cares about BT Washington Elementary. He cares about a shining light and igniting change. But God cares desperately about your mental health. And because we are a we are people who follow this God. We care. The people in this room care about you and your experience with mental illness. I, I realized in the last um, few weeks just how important this series, this talking about this was a couple of months ago now I was sitting at a mom's night out and a woman shared that she was experiencing some like anxiety and panic attacks when she was a teenager and the she went to speak to her, a person who was like in youth ministry with her. And, and some of the things that we've been told as we grow up can actually be harmful for us. And I realized in that moment that there are lots of things Horizon needs to be a part of. And you all are part of this, right? You all have to help be a part of helping to shine light and ignite change so that people aren't living in, their, in darkness about the experiences they're having with their mental health. It's something God cares about, and it's something that I think we all should care about. Just so you kind of know the prevalence of mental health, one in four people 
um, will experience some kind of mental health issue in their life, one in four. So if you look around in this room, the odds are pretty high that several of us in this room have experienced that. In fact, Sheryl Crow, Lady Gaga, J.K. Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter, do we have any Harry Potter fans in the house? Um, they've all struggled with depression. Oprah Winfrey, um, Stephen Colbert, Adele have all admitted to struggling with anxiety. All of us know someone. If, if we're not the person who's experiencing some kind of mental health issue, all of us know someone or are connected to someone who's experienced some kind of mental health issue. And so we're talking about this, mor this morning how God wants to use us to support one another even in the midst of these experiences. The saddest statistic that I read this week wasn't actually about depression or anxiety, but it was about the, the amount of people who actually seek help for what they are experiencing. Only one in three people actually seek the help that they need. One in three people seek the help that they need. Of the people who seek the help that they need, 87% of them find ways to live more freely and abundantly and healthy. 87%, like that's a really good treatment rate. Um, but two out of three people don't even seek the help that they need. So this morning, I'm going to invite you to sort of experience this sermon in one of two ways. Some of you may be here this morning as a person who's experiencing mental health issues right now. And so I just want, to I just want you to hear some of the things that God offers to people, even in these pages of this Bible, who are experiencing some despair, some depression, anxiety, what it is that God offers to them. And if you are someone who's connected to someone, the, the chances are like 98% that you know someone who's struggling with some kind of mental health issue. So we're going to talk about how God wants to use you to shine light and ignite change this morning. So thank you for being here and thank you for letting me talk about this really, really important subject. Before I go any further, I want you all to hear me say this. If you don't hear me say anything else today, I want you to hear me say this. God uses people in mighty ways. Depression, anxiety, addiction, grief, any kind of mental health issue will not prevent God from using you to do the mighty work of God. God will use you to shine light and ignite change. Not in spite of and not because of, but with the mental health experience that you are having. God loves you deeply. You are a per This is how you are defined. You are defined as a person who is loved deeply by God, who has a purpose for your life, period. God wants to use you in mighty ways. If you are in the depths of despair, if you are in the throes of addiction, if you are overwhelmed by anxiety or whatever else, I want you to hear me say this. God has used mighty people in these pages who have dealt with some of the exact same things. Moses, who led the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery, and almost to the promised land, experienced some, some anxiety, some things that look a lot like anxiety, facing, like facing the future and having a million questions about it and almost being paralyzed and not able to move forward or face the future. Noah, who... Good morning. My name is Chris, and I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon, and... I just want to welcome you again, especially if this is your first time with us. Uh, please fill out a connection card. We are just overjoyed that you have chosen to worship with us here this morning. Uh, this, today we are beginning a new message series called Love TPA, Love Tampa. And we are excited about what God has done in this past year 
um, in the lives of so many in this church, and we want to share that love with this community as we continue to shine light and ignite change. Um, so I've mentioned this before, and some of you may know this, that I uh, was actually a Wilson Bulldog. I went to middle school here. Um, there might be some other Wilson Bulldogs out in the crowd. Um, I, yeah. I, I experienced my, my awkward middle school years right here. Um, I had glasses. I had braces. I forgot my locker combination right here in these halls. And one of the things uh, about um, going to middle school here was as soon as you finished lunch, you got to go out and you could play outside and you could shoot basketballs and you could throw a football every day. And this was the, the, literally the highlight of my day. I would like speed eat a slice of pizza and get outside because I wanted to play whatever was in season at that moment, whether it was basketball or football or soccer. I wanted to play. And I was a competitive person, but I wasn't always the most athletic. Uh, there were two guys that would, would generally always be the captains when we would set out to pick teams. Um, Jermaine was, was probably the most athletic guy. He ended up uh, eventually going on a football scholarship and played defensive line at the University of Maryland. And then the other guy uh, is now an artist named Justin. And these two guys were absolutely the best athletes in middle school by far. And they were then, by default, then the captains as we picked teams. And every day I just hoped that I might, I knew I probably wasn't going to be the first pick, but maybe I'd be the second pick that day or the third pick or the fourth pick. I just didn't want to be the last pick. Every single day, my identity, my worth, my value was determined by how many passes I caught the day before, how many points I scored. I, every day, my value my identity, my worth fluctuated on how good I was the day before. As a kid that just wanted to fit in, I just wanted to be picked. Be picked. Would I be chosen? Have you ever felt this way in life? Have you ever felt this way in life? Would someone really want you? Would someone really choose you? And does it maybe even change each day, depending on your job, your relationship status, your sales numbers, how you look, how many likes you get? And what's really sad is this is still almost always the story of my life, my day, my week. So often my value, my worth fluctuates each day. And have you ever maybe felt this way when it comes to God? Are you good enough for him? Would God want you? Would the one who set the stars in the sky really choose you? Have you ever felt that way? Like I said, we're starting a new message series today. And over the past year, God has been doing some amazing things in the lives of people in this church. Some absolutely amazing things. People have found community. People have found hope. People have found sobriety. People have found purpose for their lives right here in this church and in connection with God. And because of that, many people's futures look remarkably different now because they are connected to God and to this church and this community. And the thing is, Horizon doesn't just want that 
for us, for those that are in this room. God wants that, and we want that for every person in Tampa. We want that change in lives. And so we're going to keep it short today. We're just going to look at two verses um, from the book of 1 Peter. So 1 Peter, uh, it's a book in the Bible. If you uh, have the Bible app on your phone, feel free to pull it out. If you brought your Bibles with you, go ahead and, and, and flip open to, to 1 Peter. 1 Peter is written uh, by a guy named Peter. And uh, Peter, if, if you've ever uh, heard any stories from the, from the Bible, um, there's the story of that guy that denies Jesus three times right before uh, Jesus dies. Um, he denies him three times before the rooster crows. If you ever heard that story before, this is the same exact Peter. This is the Peter that Jesus calls the rock. Um, that's kind of a funny thing that Jesus tells him. Um, this is the same Peter that's thought to have written this book of the Bible. And Peter wrote this book of the Bible to new Christians. New Christians that were being persecuted. That were grappling with, do they really want to identify with Jesus? Because it might literally lead them to harm. And he encourages them in their identity as followers of Jesus. And he encourages them as their new identity, as a people, this community called the church. And so we're going to read today from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And so it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. So first off, just two points today. It's going to be quick because we are super excited about Baptism Sunday and about those lives continue to change. So I just want to go, go through this quickly. There's two points today. The first is that first Peter tells us that that we are a chosen people. You are chosen. God picks us. God is not stuck with us. And if you go back to, to your recess days, back to those basketball courts and those fields back here of middle school, you'll remember that those last few picks, they're not even really picked. <laughs> I've been there. I've been one of those before. They're not even picked. Someone just gets stuck with them, right? There's like that little huddle of like the first few picks and the captain. They're like, oh, who do we want? Uh, uh. All right, we'll give you Jay and Adam and, and you take the ball and then we'll just, we'll take Nate. Does that sound good? And it's like, I just got traded for a dirty Wilson basketball. <laughs> we've been there, right? We've been not picked and we've just gotten stuck to one side in life, right? And God says, no, I'm picking you. I picked you. I want you. But we felt that way in life, right? We felt like we've been stuck. Who would really want me? I'm not successful enough. I'm not attractive enough. I'm not gifted enough. I'm not fun enough. I'm not popular enough. I'm not well-liked enough. I've made too many mistakes. I've messed up too much. I'm just way too jacked up. God would definitely not want me because I am not religious enough. But God picks us. God pursues us. God wants us, God wants to be in relationship with us. We are chosen by God. That's point number one. We are chosen by God. God is not stuck with us. And point number two today is we are God's, we are not our own. 
You are a chosen people, the verses tell us. You once had no identity, but now you do have an identity as a people together, this community, the church. So what does this mean? It means everything you are is from God. Everything you have is from God. Your career, your position, your talents. You now ask yourself, how can I use those for God? Your money, your possessions. That's where giving a portion of what you have to further the kingdom of God comes in. Your decisions, your priorities, they're God's. Following Jesus, we now say, I surrender my life before you. I'm not my own, but I'm yours, God. I want to follow you and not myself. We are his, not our own. But we believe that, that lie about our identity, right? We believe our, our identity, our worth, our value is in our job and what we do. We believe it's in who we know and who knows us. We believe it's in the size of our house and our appearance and in our family. We believe our identity and values in our successes and our failures. But here's the thing. When our identity comes from God, God reminds us that it's God that delights in us, despite all of those things. It's God that values us. It's God that wants to be in relationship with us. We're chosen by God, and we're God's, not our own. What would begin to change in our life if we actually believed in these truths? That God picks us, that God's not stuck with us, that we're God's and not our own. What would actually begin to change in our lives? What if we actually quit trying to be enough? That we'd be good enough and smart enough, successful enough, pretty enough. What if we put away trying to be enough and placed it in belief in a God that values us? Because the thing is, I absolutely have to be reminded of this on a daily basis. So often I can find myself putting my value in my job as a pastor, how well people like me. I want the approval of others so deeply. I'm willing to find my worth in anything that will give it to me. I spend so much time seeking my worth and my identity in others because I long to be noticed. I long to be picked. I don't want to be picked last. I want to be enough. And yet there's a God that says, I am enough. I am valued. But will we choose him? If God chooses us, God's not stuck with us. But will we follow him? Will we choose him? And here's the thing. For those of us that have chosen to follow God long ago, it's still a daily decision in our lives to follow. To say, God, you picked me, and I want to follow you. I want to believe in that, that you have given me worth and identity and value. Will we choose to follow him? So today we'll celebrate some baptisms. And baptisms is that outward sign 
that God has picked us, that God is not stuck with us. And we've been seeing God move in some awesome ways. Some hearts and lives change dramatically. Baptism is that sign of a heart and a life that is changed. And that's what we celebrate today. And if you've never been baptized, or you want to reaffirm your belief in Jesus, if you want to take a deeper step, please mark on your connection card. That's all you have to do, just to check it, that you want to take that step. And we will fill up that tub, we'll clean it up for you, and we'll bring it back out. Let us know, because that's what we want to celebrate. Because that's the change that we love to see. That's what it means for us to love PPA. For those of you that are still on the fence of what it means to follow Jesus, I just invite you to touch the water. Know today that that God is not done with you, that God has picked you and God is not stuck with you and God is still working in your life. For those of you that are are following Jesus each day and making that step, I I invite you to, to embrace someone that's a little wet today. It might mean that your shirt yourself gets a little wet and that'll be your reminder that to walk this journey, you gotta be surrounded by community. For each of you, there is something to do today to say, Jesus, I know you choose me, I know you pick me, and I'm choosing you also. And the water of baptism is that reminder that God has picked us, God has not stuck with us, and we're not our own, we're God's. So would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, thank you for this reminder from your scriptures that you have claimed us in baptism, you've claimed us in the water, and you call us out of the water, raised to new life, to a new day, out of that darkness and into the light, the light that is the truth that you are moving in mighty ways, that we are claimed and known by you. We pray this in Christ's name. Thank you for listening to the Horizon Church Podcast. If you are in the Tampa area, consider joining us one Sunday. You can also be a part of shining light and igniting change by financially supporting the ministries of Horizon Church at horizontampabay.com giving. Thank you again for joining us 